0: Good evening, and welcome to a championship edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Hey, evening, everyone.
0: <laughs> Hopefully everyone is doing fantastic. Uh, the Dukes pulled off the uh, the performance we all thought they might have in them, but weren't exactly sure this year, uh, this weekend, to win their 800 millionth game in a row and cl- punch their ticket to Frisco, Texas for the championship game, and I think it would be fair to say the dream matchup that all of us who root for the Dukes and pretty much everyone who follows 1AA football have been thinking about since last year. Uh, they'll be facing the North Dakota State Bison on the championship uh, 19 days from now, so we couldn't be more excited to, to talk about that. We are wanted to let you guys know a couple scheduling notes. We are not going to talk much about Frisco tonight. Uh, we're going to leave that. We've got Couple of weeks ahead of us, we're going to leave that for another night. We are going to reflect on Saturday's incredible performance from the Dukes. A surreal game tonight. We also wanted to let you guys know: next Monday, when we normally record, it's Monday night. Now is obviously Christmas Day, and the Monday after that is New Year's Day. So we're not exactly sure of how we're going to schedule ourselves the next couple of weeks. But subscribe in the Bumpers app, or subscribe in the iTunes Store and you will have it downloaded and ready for you as soon as we get it up. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun the next couple weeks. Uh, We also, without going too far into it, we may have a bonus pod at some point over the next couple weeks. We may even have one of our dream JMU guests on the pod. So keep your ears open for that. We'll be excited to do that. Uh, As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Got a chance to enjoy... Some tasty beverages in celebration of the semifinal win this weekend.
1: Oh, they taste so much better after a good game, huh? <laughs> they
0: sure do. And, uh, and I did have the pleasure. I forget most people's names. I met a great guy, Ryan, and his wife uh, from south side of Richmond. They were a lot of fun. They were really excited about what we're doing. It never ceases to amaze me. A bunch of other guys let me kind of obnoxiously crash their table for a half hour and <laughs> talk about the Dukes. So that was a lot of fun this weekend. And before we get started, we do want to just say one last huge thank you to everyone who supported our t-shirt campaign the last few weeks. Uh, We met our goal of 50 shirts. We actually exceeded it, sold 54 shirts, Uh, got quite a few donations. So we're super appreciative of that. Uh, We are looking forward to seeing many of those either in Frisco or wherever you're watching the game uh, in a few weeks. All of those should be delivered before before the championship game. Yeah, and my mom called me
1: um, last week on the last day. She saw it on Facebook. And she's like, do you need me to buy you a shirt? This is coming up. <laughs> oh. And I was like, no, it's right." She's like, do, do the boys need them? Does Jessica? I was like, we're, we're all right for Jamie's horseback stuff, mom. Thanks. Right. She's oh. like, well, how, how many do I order? I was like, it, it's quite all right, mom. Thank you. <laughs> Joanne <laughs>
0: and Reba are truly our number one fans. Yes. We, we will thank them forever. So – yeah, we just that's that's the big thing this week is um thank you to everybody and looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Obviously, everybody is busy with the holidays. We're no different than anybody else. It'll be a little bit of a crazy schedule. Um in a good we, way. In, in a, a great way. way. Yeah. So, we may have a bonus pod with a big guest. We may even um we may even have a guest spot on some type of North Dakota State <laughs> podcast at some point. Oh, and yeah, we were invited on there. We, we yeah, were. Right. I I didn't reach out to them yet, but uh that, that would be a lot of fun. So, that would be. That would yeah, be a good time. We'll see what happens. Um, one thing tonight, we're not going to talk about concerns because we're not going to talk about going forward. Obviously, we're all nervous about injuries. Uh, a lot of kids have some time to get ready. They've got 19 days ahead of them. I'm sure they're all in treatment right now. Looking forward to a lot of uh, those guys maybe being back on the field. One great piece of news uh, today was that Mike Houston noted that uh, Carden Johnson has signed up for another another go with the JMU Dukes. So the JMU is feeling very confident that he might get an opportunity to get a medical redshirt and get a, another year, much like Raven Green has gotten this year. And all of us can only hope that Carden's last year in the Valley turns out as successfully as Mr. Green's. So we are going to just do kind of an extended four downs tonight and a little holiday overtime. So we hope This will get you guys, this will be short and sweet tonight, but hopefully everyone will enjoy it. We know everybody's really busy this week. So Rob, you want to take first down tonight? Oh, geez. I mean, I I don't even know where to start. Um, I actually tried to prepare for this. I
1: went to the gym (laughs) earlier, kind of like, get exercise, I just feel better, you know, getting Mm -hmm. getting a little workout in. Then I came home and I was taking notes. It's like, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much good. So It's wonderful. I I, I don't want to start on like a rant, but maybe... A different twist before we get into so many good things in the game. Like <laughs> can we just stop with kind of the instant history? And this isn't so much from Saturday, but like Friday, hats off to North Dakota State. You know, they they are a great team. Absolutely. They played a great game. But then it was like between the time that game ended, and that game ended about 10 minutes into the game, mm-hmm. and the time the JMU game kicked off, all I felt like I heard about was how the playoffs were broken and the valley is just so much better, and everybody, we got to fix this and fix that. And oh, it's just the valley. We've seen stop. North Dakota State and JMU both took care of business. I don't think we need to read too much more into it other than the fact that these are the two best teams. I mean, there, there is JMU and North Dakota State and everybody else. <laughs> um, I was getting to the point where like Friday night, I was getting annoyed. I was like, don't put me in a position where I start defending Richmond, <laughs> I start defending Delaware. It's like, right. The CAA has some really good teams. Uh, The the Valley has some really good teams. I'm not going to cry that Youngstown State didn't get a chance because Sam Houston State got blown out. There are a lot of teams. Pretty much every team, (laughs) I think every team other than Jamie and North Dakota State would have lost to Jamie or North Dakota State over the weekend. That's right. Um, They're just so much better than everybody else. And and Mm -hmm. I don't know who's better. Um, I'm so excited for this game. It's the game that most – JMU fans have wanted you know you want to beat the best I think mm-hmm. North Dakota State they want to beat the best they, they've got their revenge factor um it's just uh, let's just enjoy the game for what it is and I know I always say this and I probably sound like some sort of obnoxious <laughs> or pretentious douche or something but like all this game is going to decide is who the champion is we don't need to this is not like a referendum on which conference is better no or east coast versus you know the western or you know like oh. big big strong football versus fast football just appreciate what we got. Like I, I just I was getting so frustrated. I normally don't let myself get upset by like the Twitter arguments, and I saw a lot of Jamie fans getting kind of drawn into it. And I, I feel you. It. it was annoying. I, I got a little irked by the comments South Dakota State was making, kind of knocking New Hampshire. Like, oh, it's just different. We're more prepared, and they are prepared. <laughs> they, they played a great, a, a great schedule. Um, That's right. Most CIA fans would tell you New Hampshire probably didn't deserve that bid. Nope. Um, like i said i'm not gonna I, I don't want to say anything nice about richmond but records aside i thought richmond was one of the better teams in the country the mm-hmm. way they were playing yep. the last three or four weeks of the year so it just i don't know it, it, it's a great great system that we have with the playoffs um kind of reminded me like before lebron james won his first championship yep every game in the finals he had a good game oh my gosh it's the greatest thing ever and then if he didn't oh he's never gonna be jordan it's like just let things play out. Let's That's see right. where this goes. But we've got the dream matchup that everybody wanted. It's the most deserving teams. Um, I think anything short of this, you might have been questioning things or had a right to be like, eh, how are these playoffs working out? But this is what we got. Let's not complain or, or or let's just forget about us. I don't think Jamie fans are doing this. And I don't think North's good. State no. fans are doing this. Let's just focus on the game. Like We're here. This is the best of the best. Um, this is as good a matchup I think you will see in college football. FCS or FBS. I mean, talk about two teams just hitting on all cylinders. Um, Fan bases know each other. Their fan base is great. Our fan base is passionate. Like, I don't know. I was just, I was so fed up with the, (laughs) oh my gosh, we need to recede this. This is terrible. And it was, I mean, it was friends of ours. It was people we like. It was respected writers. This was not one or two people sounding off, but a bit of a rant. I don't know. It It just, it kind of bothered me leading into the game. How All we had to hear about was oh my gosh, the Valley's so much better. And oh, by the way, you know, JMU crushed what most people thought was the second or even the best team in the Valley. And I don't think that's any sort of indication that the conference was weak. It's just one of those things, man. It's just a game.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think so too. I I mean, look, the JMU game this weekend was a crazy game. Um, Something happened you don't see (laughs) really ever. Ever. At any level of football this weekend with the turnover situation. But 51-16 is 51-16. There are only so many turnovers in the world to make up fifty-one sixteen. Yeah, it and was... right, and and yes. Look, I think even I think any rational North Dakota State fan would say JMU had the tougher road. But I'm sure glad we got to go and watch Weber State and South Dakota State at Bridgeforth the last couple of weeks. We complain all the time about not getting these games at home, not playing these out of conference games. There's not a North Dakota State fan anywhere who has any sense who's going to say, "Wow, I mean." I think both fan bases right now need to just enjoy the ride, enjoy the next couple of weeks, be happy we all get to watch this game and watch these two programs uh, face off in the biggest sta- on the biggest stage this year. Um, who knows what's going to happen a couple of weeks from now? But yeah, Rob, that's exactly right. I, I just it, it's been such a fun ride, and both these teams made it through, no matter who they, who was up against them. So. Yeah, this is going to be a great couple weeks. And it's
1: great. I mean, you, you want to beat the best. I know last year,
0: I'm, go check it. Maybe we
1: didn't say this, but I, I'd like to think that we were excited about the fact that JMU, even though we might have wanted to be seated higher, we liked the idea that we got to go to North Dakota State and take on the champs. Like that sure. made the championship that much more satisfying. Big time. From, from a fan perspective. Uh-huh. I can imagine the players, you know, exponentially more. Yeah. Um, you want to? I mean, North Dakota State until last year, uh, top of the mountain. There's no, no debating it. No. So to get the opportunity to knock them off, like no, there's no asterisk on that championship.
0: No. I mean, yeah. if, if you think about it this way, right? If North Dakota State, if JMU plays someone else last year in the semis and North Dakota State somehow gets upset in their semifinal, worse, we, this whole year would have been about how JMU didn't have to play the Bison. Right? It, it's a little bit of Jordan playing
1: baseball. Right.
0: And, yeah. and, other, and because of what, the way it worked out last year, every sensible North Dakota State fan knows JMU was the real deal. They yeah. came into Fargo in the semifinals and beat them. And they didn't beat them in a fluky way. They just, it wasn't a blowout. It was a great game and they won the game,
1: yeah. you know?
0: Um, yeah, it's really, really exciting uh, for the next and couple of like,
1: I don't think South Dakota State was fraudulent. I no, just they weren't at JMU all.
0: played a game. I mean, that, that Goddard guy was better
1: than advertised.
0: Yeah, and, and he was not healthy. I he was not think, healthy. Either. No. I, I no, mean,
1: you can see like he was limping, but that guy was, was the closest to Gronk I've ever seen.
0: He was. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He at, at this
1: level, he looked exactly like Gronk. Yeah. He looked exactly like him. And yeah. he, we're going to see him playing on Sunday. So yeah. Him, you know, making real plays for a lot of, a lot of time. Um, the quarterback, once again, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, oh, Christian stink. He didn't stink. That poor guy was shell-shocked. Yeah.
0: I mean, he was. <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean the way that the five turnovers five play plays, and, you know, he, he made one or two bad passes, but most of them were just really athletic situations. Like, guys just going up and getting it. And, yep. I mean, the poor guy just looked like he saw a ghost. Yeah, I don't
0: know what... I mean, I don't know what... I mean, what, did he have Vaseline on his hands or something? I don't like, know. I don't know what happened
1: there with the I don't ball. know. I mean, I I, just, yeah. I actually felt bad for him in the second half. The yeah. camera... Like, you were there, but I yeah, was watching yeah. TV. Like, the camera kept showing him, and he's sitting by himself, mm-hmm. and it. he looked, like, emotionless. It wasn't like he was crying or... Scared. He just looked like he saw a ghost. Like, he didn't know what was happening around him, and he's too good a player. I mean, I, so you can say some people have off nights. He just – he picked a
0: bad time to
1: play <laughs> yeah, the JMU defense.
0: Yeah, you don't want to play in Bridgeforth in December and, have, no, you and, really and then be off. That wasn't – it was not his night. Um, no, not at, no. at all. So I, I guess for, we'll, we'll stick with the downs while we're here. Uh, before we get to the bigger, the bigger notes and the bigger highlights, which are sure to come in some of the big players, I wrote this on the blog yesterday – And I think it has to be one thing that speaks so highly of the JMU program. And this goes back all three coaching regimes the last five years. And that is the depth of this team was fully on display on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are not the guys who are going to get the headlines tonight. But Bryce McGinley, maybe the play of the game, that first enormous hit that caused the first fumble. Yeah. Yeah. Not a guy we've talked about much this year. Uh, does have one of the coolest dads in the world. Talk to him uh, after the game. Um, Justin Bethea, who filled in for Curtis Oliver this weekend, didn't miss a beat in that nickel corner role, made a couple huge plays, including one where he was one-on-one with Goddard and uh, broke a play up down the field. Uh, Landon Word played extensive time this weekend. Uh, Kyrie Hawkins missed a few series there in the second quarter. And Landon Word played a considerable amount, and again, no, no missed beats from the linebacking core. And that's before we even get to the fact that the O-line has been a mass unit all year. There's a bunch of kids playing on the O-line who have been ex- were exceptional on Saturday and weren't expected to be starters or even maybe the first backup when the season started. And oh, by the way, the hero field goal kicker from last year was a backup player. Yeah. So I, I just that's incredible that JMU's been able to and when you, and we talked about it, I mean North Dakota State's kind of in the same in the same boat right now. They're they're hoping a lot of their players can get healthy. I think they were down to their fourth string running back the other night at the end of the game. They when you play 15 games two years in a row at the FCS level, you're going to have some injuries. There's no way around it. And the teams that have made it this far are the teams that are able to truly have that next man up philosophy. So I just I, I was just so thrilled to see those guys making huge plays the other night. Guys we haven't talked about hardly at all this year.
1: Or even or even like Amos, you know, in release oh, Miller. Big time. You know, he, he played like that's a great point, Todd. I mean, there's just guys all over the field and it's tough to keep up with with kind of the roster and <laughs> yeah. you don't get as much information. You know, the Media is terrific job, DNR, but like they're just not that forthcoming and we don't know a lot about players until you get to the game. You know, you can look at the two deep and you say, "Oh, this guy might go or not," but you really don't know every week until you start watching. And um, I feel like every week there's guys just stepping in and filling holes, and sometimes going above and
0: beyond that, and not just filling holes but making big plays. Yeah, uh, that was that, yeah right. And I, I didn't mean to forget about D'Angelo Amos. I mean, he's been super smart in the return game, but still making huge plays in the kick coverage game.
1: Yeah, as that, well. that actually
0: was more impressive, too. right? You know, so I mean, clearly a guy that that. It has been all, I mean, his fingerprints have been all over the last couple of weeks, and that mm-hmm. was great to see. So, what about you, Rob? Next next down here.
1: Well, I think we talked about
0: this, this
1: a couple of weeks ago where our buddy Holston kind of coined the term, or maybe he didn't, but yeah. he coined it to me like the slow blowout.
0: Yeah. Not and this, this week. Was,
1: this was kind of the quintessential slow blowout because they came out of the gates and it was just like turnover, 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 turnover. Like, what was it the first five possessions, yep. turnovers? And it's seven points. And everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, what's going on?" Yeah, I was like,
0: nervous at that point.
1: I was a little nervous, and then they, they tied up, right? Wasn't it seven seven? It was seven seven, mm-hmm. and, and then 14- But like, but the cumulative effect of those turnovers go back to what we were talking about before. Like, they just they won the mental game, right they there. Did. And so you kind of do that. You hang around, and I think as fans, you and I probably weren't the only ones that were going, "Oh my gosh, come on now! You got to capitalize." You know, we're leaving all these points on the board, but then before you know it. You know, they get those two scores at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved sure, I don't know, to me like it might have been my favorite play, where you line up in the shotgun and then ran down, got under
0: center and snuck it in. Yeah. Like With the uh, like, old Reggie Bush push from Trey yeah, Sharp. Yeah. Trey
1: Sharp, yeah, pretty much the one. Um and then you got Marshall's, you know, fantastic runs of the And next thing you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is this is a laugher. It went from being comfortable to laugh and I think it was a lot of that just at the beginning, like they exerted their will and mentally. They're like, we're going to win. They didn't seem to panic. They knew eventually they would get it. I thought, like after they scored at they half, like, okay, we're going to cruise to a nice, comfortable week. Like I've got anything to do with it. Um, <laughs> we're going to cruise to like, you know, a two-touchdown victory. But I did not see it going the way the second half went. And I certainly didn't see all the, five, the five extra turnovers. No, no. <laughs> I think we tweeted like in the third quarter, like, oh, is it greedy if we want, you know, double digit turnovers? Thinking, wow, this is kind of an obnoxious tweet. And then it's like, ooh, that hurts. Maybe
0: there were like 15 people who wrote back to you and were like asking you shall receive. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's just like another one, another one. I mean, have right.
1: never seen anything like that. But this team is just so mentally tough. Uh, we we've talked about it with Shore, like yeah, you know, people used to joke like he kinda had his he had a thing going like his weekly interception. It didn't seem to bother him at all. He's like Reggie Miller. Just give me the ball, next shot. You know, it's just yep. absolutely unconscious. Um, and the whole team's like that. Oh, Defensively, we, we started off talking the East Carolina game. He and I were saying, you know what, they got a lot of flags. But if, if the price we pay is, you know, flags early for the defensive backs learning to play aggressive football, we'll take it. Yep. Never in my wildest dreams that I think it would turn into how many you know, dozens of interceptions the team had this year. No. Uh, did you see the, the record books?
0: It, it, they're like, like littered with the entire defensive backfield. It, He's right? in
1: the top ten for interceptions. That's what I was going to say. This going school was gonna history.
0: Be, I figured I might as well go ahead and talk about Jimmy F. and Moreland. Right? Oh, my God. So uh, you were talking about, Rob, the cumulative effect of those five turnovers in the first quarter and where Jamie did not capitalize on them. They will need to capitalize if they are given opportunities like that. Uh, See, but
1: one thing, like somebody made the point, I think, in the comments and on the blog, like they didn't capitalize them, but they also kept one of the highest scoring teams in the country out of the end zone. They did, so, like, they, they, they never got rolling. points on the board, but like they kept a, a really powerful
0: offense, you know, to zero points the first yep. quarter. That so it's it's not perfect, but it's still something. Well, and there was so much just there were just soul crushing plays by the Dukes. This week. You know, you talked about the aggressiveness. I mean, Jimmy got an interception, or uh, excuse me, got a pass interference penalty on the sidelines on one of the early drives. And within one or two plays, makes that incredible interception 40 yards down the field. Yeah. And so here you are, if you're the quarterback for South Dakota State, that's allegedly JMU's second or third best defensive back. Mm -hmm. And he's beating your All American wide receiver to the ball twice deep down the field. I mean, Rondell Carter chased Christian down from behind at one point for a sack when we're talking about a defensive lineman here, you know, just tearing down this quarterback who everyone was talking about so fast. Um, I, you know, we talked about the Bryce McGinley hit, obviously the Raven Green interception late, but Raven Green, Jimmy Moreland, Jordan Brown, Rashad Robinson, those four It's unbelievable. And the the team effort that gets them in position, I mean, in terms of these these picks this week were all from pressure. Yeah. You know, they weren't just terrible throws, or or they were in the end, but they weren't just like the DB made some great play. It was the guy was under pressure and he tried to throw back across his body and somebody was there to make a play. But you're right. I mean, I think Raven, Jimmy and Jordan, and maybe even Rashad are all in the top of the all-time JMU interception list. Oh, yeah. It, it's incredible. And that all has basically happened in two seasons with, you know, really with the exception of Raven Green. The other guys didn't have a ton of picks coming into this season and just went crazy. So, no, and like,
1: I don't know enough about the CAA at large, other teams' mm-hmm. uh, history or the FCS history, but like, this clearly is the best secondary in JMU history. You've no like, no got to imagine the best in CAA history. Mm-hmm. And then do you carry it forward? I, I don't know if maybe some of those. I don't know Youngstown State or Georgia Southern teams or yeah, somehow they're built, know. but like this has got to be an all-time unit, right? I mean, the numbers don't lie. No, I think Even it up. has.
0: To, I think as a unit, it has to be. It's it's interesting, right? Because there's, you know, the NFL is littered with FCS DBs, DBs. right here but, and there. But I mean, one, you don't have right. To, but it, one kid. That's what I was thinking. I mean, yeah. there's some great HBCU teams from back in the day. I think the Raiders, that legendary Raiders defense, was both. DBs from HBCUs, you know, but we're talking about like one or two players on a team. But as a unit, and and with Curtis Oliver out this week, I mean, adding him in the mix as well, just unbelievable production from these guys.
1: Yeah, it's nuts.
0: And Jordan Brown, who had a couple picks this weekend, was probably even better in the run game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just tackles all over the place. So, oh, and
1: then I mean, are we going to talk about Riley Sableman?
0: Yeah, let's go on for fourth down and, and move okay. over to are, the you, offense you, here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Riley Stapleton went from three weeks ago, he was a guy who was in and out of the lineup a little bit. And right now, he's the most dangerous weapon in one AA football. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I don't oh. even, I mean, he's just so dominant. It's,
1: my it's, dad was like, hey, does he have a chance to play in the NFL next year? I was like, dad, he's a redshirt freshman. <laughs> right, 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 right. He's like, what? <laughs> you know? And my dad watches games. He's just like, oh, I don't know. They got so many receivers. Like, he is just being. Become an absolute dominant force. The guy knows how to use his body and get position mm-hmm. way better than somebody of his age and experience.
0: Right. Well, yes. and, I, and not just Riley, but I mean, I, I keep thinking about, I don't know if it's James or Sam, which of your boys? Eldridge. Eldridge. Oh, right. right? Yeah. I mean, he was mad at himself for not staying in bounds to score on that one where he beat the guy to the outside. Yeah. Like, he's been unbelievable, too. And make well, he, it, I, I just think those two guys have gotten opportunity. Weirdly, you know, the Miller injury has given them some opportunities the last month or so that they probably didn't have before. And yeah. JMU has used Terrence Alls, who's also been great, but they've yeah. used him in other ways. They've used him a lot in sort of the jet was, sweep game. Right. Yeah, it was you know. pass things. Yeah, and, and some of the more, I don't know, trick, no, not really trick plays, but just gadget plays, if you will. Yeah. And Stapleton and Eldridge have been kind of the pure receiving threats. And boy, have they stepped up. At, Eldridge at is play. terrific. He I, just, really is. I feel
1: like I feel like he just knows where the sticks are. Yeah. Uh, you see you see a lot of guys run routes, you know, they need 10 yards. It's frequent complaint of, of fans everywhere. Oh, he only ran <laughs> eight. Like Eldridge always seems to run eleven. You know, he, he seems to know where he needs to get on the field. Um the other thing I like about him is he doesn't mess around. It, maybe it's just my own optics, but to me it seems like he gets the ball and he just turns. Right. Um and starts going north-south. And and if it's only two or three yards, that's fine. But then you see like the play you were referencing. He can also just go, you know, you make that turning circle on the field, like he's, he's really, um, been a very consistent and somewhat underrated, uh, pickup for the Dukes, you know, as a transfer
0: from UVA. Yeah. I think he's been a little bit underrated all year. He's been, like you said, he's been very consistent. Riley Stapleton has, you know, battled injuries a little bit this year and not gotten the chances to be on the field as much. We haven't even talked about ish, um, but you know. Riley has gotten on the field so much more in the last few weeks and taken advantage. And you could almost see in Eldridge's body language the last few weeks, he's starting to believe the way that Terrence Alls did last year yeah. as a transfer. And you kind of come in and you're not, maybe not sure how you are in the program and where you fit in the, this big core of receiving threats. And at some point last year, it clicked for Terrence Alls. And this year, it feels like it's really started to click for Eldridge, which is, I really am one of the better players out here. And I can, I can play. The other thing about Aldridge, I, th- I thought he played very well early in the season
1: when it was kind of receiver by committee. Then Alls came back, yep, and clearly for a while was like the number one receiver there. And it might have been more difficult. It was like Aldridge had to go through the transition again. Like, okay, how do I kind of acclimate myself now that, you know, the, the number one receiver is back on the field? But he's just been steady. I, I think he was the leading receiver on uh, Saturday. Well, yeah, I'm looking at him. He had five catches, 75 yards. Yeah, um, I didn't even realize that, yeah. Stapleton had 5 for 70, Halls had 4 for 29, yep. Woods had 3, Sharp had 1. So like, no, he he's been a, a tremendously valuable and just steady presence. Um gets a lot of catches when Jamie needs them.
0: Sure does. And then the, the last guy we got to talk about and it's not just one guy, it's it's the O-line as well. But Marcus Marshall again. And wow. you know, it, it's really two plays this week. Um You know, JMU got some some good production out of Trey Sharp and Taylor Woods in this game. This game was really only competitive for three quarters. You know, it was Percy and Cole Johnson in the fourth quarter, so there wasn't nothing happened. There were no more scoring in the fourth quarter, but those two runs from Marcus Marshall, (laughs) you know, that's O line play. That is probably a missed assignment or two from South Dakota State, but that speed we have not seen that play. That was the ECU game again. Yeah. Right since the very first game of the year. And that was very Cardin Johnson Khalid Abdullah esque from Marshall. I mean, there wasn't anybody gonna catch him once he got going on those two.
1: No, and with all due respect to those other guys, I I don't think they've got the speed that Marshall does.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean uh, he
1: just I mean, they say breakaway speed, and he hit that hole and got a couple yards on people, and that was all she wrote.
0: Yeah, I saw some North Dakota State fans writing about like they basically said that. They're like, oh my gosh, this guy's just Abdullah all over again. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um,
1: he's yeah, got uh, that look the last couple of weeks. Like, you see guys just get hot in it. And for running backs, you often see, like, when it clicks and they just start seeing the holes and it's like the game opens up, he's got that look like Abdullah had last year down the stretch and in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, Rob, I got a couple off-the-field things, but you got anything else on the field before we move on here? No, I mean,
1: we could go on all day. That was just yeah. – that was – a- I mean, maybe one last thing. Like, Brian Shore – um yeah i mean talk about a way to go out look at this guy um it, quarterbacks get a lot more of the press and everything but uh for a guy to go out in his last home game like that uh, just what a terrific career mm-hmm. and he looked back to a couple of years ago when people were very worried we joke about our friends like we, we've got some friends that we chat with all the time and um many of them there's a whole group of us I don't want to right. single anybody out I mean it could have been me or you for all I know but right. the Connor Mitch situation like even after Shore started winning the first couple of games You're like I don't know maybe we
0: should put the transfer in maybe put
1: the transfer in you know he, he won SEC school and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to Brian Shore was having Connor Mitch transfer in mm-hmm. um, he just it, it kind of lit a fire in him he proved to be a very competitive guy he rose to the challenge and um, I mean geez people were acting like you know it was going to these giant step back after Van Lee left and um, it, it hasn't been. I, I think, I mean, Shore's put his name right at, at right at the top or near the top right? it's, in terms of, of most successful JMU quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. I got the chance to listen. If anybody hasn't listened, there's a little 13 minute podcast interview from the Hero Sports guys with Riley Stapleton today. And it's so funny listening to this kid who's only been there two years. I mean, you can tell he just reveres Brian Shore, you yeah. know? Right. And, and you remember that old story about Joe Montana in the Super Bowl? Oh, like, the John Candy? The, yeah, the John Candy, yeah. like pointing out John Candy in the stands yeah. before they go on that drive. You just feel that way about Brian Shore. And I just, you know, if there's one player I am completely unconcerned about going to Frisco, it's Shore. I, I, you just, that, that doesn't mean he's going to have the game of his life. It doesn't mean he'll have a great game or even a good game. But he's going to do everything he can to mentally be ready every single play and to keep his teammates in it. Yeah, Riley Stapleton called him the greatest champion quarterback of all time today and I had to like stop and be like, uh, he doesn't know. You know, like, yeah,
1: but, but he's not but he necessarily wrong. No, he's yeah, not he's necessarily not wrong. wrong. I mean,
0: right. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, look, that's a tough list to crack right there. That, that's an off-season discussion.
1: We will yes. save that when we're desperate for content. But, that's right. That's right. Uh, the guy, he can't argue with the record.
0: Mm-hmm. No, not at all. And uh, yeah, I think that, those are great points about Brian. I mean, he has been just just everything you could ever want in a college athlete at JMU. Such yeah. a you know incredible representative of JMU. And by the way, the Riley Stapleton interview today, it's really good, and it's a reminder, even these young players, they just they get it. This team gets it. They're, they're such great representatives of JMU. It, it couldn't make us prouder. So a couple things off the field. I did want to give a couple shout-outs first to the Whoever chooses the music and the graphics and stuff in the stadium, um, (laughs) at the start of the fourth quarter, when Cole Johnson came onto the field and JMU had sort of decided, you know, Mike Houston was calling off the dogs a little bit. The JMU, there was a timeout. And I can't remember if it was between the third and fourth or maybe the first timeout of the fourth quarter. But the JMU team up in the booth played in the stadium the old Alabama song. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band and the entire like it was so funny to watch everyone kind of it came on everyone's like what the heck is this and then the minute you know it kicks in with that <laughs> everybody stands up and starts cheering and uh that was a really really fun light-hearted moment in this game uh one among many i guess there in the fourth quarter which was really a giant you know half hour party there in bridgeforth so that was really great and then one other person i did promise uh i had the Incredible opportunity at halftime. I met a father and his daughter, um, Steve and Autumn Senate. Uh, Autumn is a a young lady who was schooling me in Duke's trivia at halftime. I, I think she's about eleven or twelve. I could be wrong, but I, I promised her I would talk about her. Apparently, they listen every week. She thought this was like the coolest thing and she was so excited. Yeah. Her favorite player is also Jimmy Moreland. Like it was really, it was really great. So um, wherever you are, Autumn, I hope you're enjoying this and uh, we hope to see you in Frisco or next year at some point. So we are not going to do concerns tonight, but uh, we're going to move on to overtime. Rob, you want to bring, introduce our overtime topic tonight? Well, here we are. What is it? December? What's today? 17th, 18th? Twentieth, nineteenth, something like that. Yeah,
1: whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's Christmas season. Yes, it's Christmas season. Um, so this is kind of a softball. You know, we threw something out there tonight, like we do every week on Twitter. But like, send us some suggestions. But um, right after you did it, we're like, oh, we got to do it. it's Christmas. So yeah. we'll do our top three favorite Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we want to go in any particular order or do three three, three countdown style. But uh, why don't you go ahead and lead us off?
0: Okay, so. I guess it is what are we, the last day or yesterday was the last day of Hanukkah? We should have a Hanukkah song, but they are stuck with Adam Sandler, I think, it's as the Wednesday. Only, I think Wednesday like, is last time. Only major major song that we all remember at this point. Yeah. So for me, uh, my third is I guess all well, one of mine's explicitly a Christmas song, but my third place one is actually The River by Joni Mitchell. So that's not absolutely a Christmas song. It mentions Christmas in the song. But I had no introduction to Joni Mitchell until I heard The River in the background of our favorite movie, Almost Famous. So yeah, that is not on the original soundtrack of Almost Famous, which many of us probably owned on CD at some point in the late 90s (laughs) or early 2000s, I guess. But, um, But The River is just a kind of slow, sad, typical Joni Mitchell song, but was my introduction to Joni Mitchell. And I'm so glad I found it. So oh, wow, yeah, okay. I love I love Joni Mitchell. Yeah, so yeah.
1: that's all right by me. I don't. This was tough for me because I I'm like a Christmas geek. I I love everything <laughs> about Christmas. I love the decorations, I love the tree, I love presents, um, Santa, the whole nine. Like I woke up last night in the middle of the night and then couldn't get back to sleep because I was worried. Like oh my gosh, Christmas next week, it's all gonna be over. I'm, oh. I'm like a I'm like a ten year old trapped in a very old middle aged man's body. <laughs> um, but I tried. To, I tried to break it down. There's like you got like your great kind of rock song, Christmas songs. Then you've got like the old school classics, you know, the the Phil Spector type, type yes. songs. Yes. And then just the like crooners and singers, you know, your mm-hmm. your Blue Christmas from Elvis. or yes, that was. You know, Bird Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas. Yep. like I got. I don't know. So I attempted to organize this and choose. I have no idea. I will just. I'll go ahead. I'll just look here. Um, I guess. One of my favorites just like in terms of pure classic I like Frosty the snowman by the Ronettes hmm it's one of those songs that like, you always it's I feel like it's in every movie Christmas movie and you, you hear it like TV commercials and everything but it's just it's from that great um Phil Spector Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything else the Ronettes did. They kind, of, right. they, they kind of have that sound from the from that time period. Right. But I just love it. It's a song everybody knows the words to. It's a particularly fun version. Um, whenever it comes on, like you're at a Christmas party, everybody from the kids to the parents can sing along. So I just that's I'll, I'll lead off with that.
0: That is a really good one. Um, my second one is a very much a more of an adult song. <laughs> Actually, I guess all of my remaining ones might be, but. Robert O'Keefe, Merry Christmas from the family.
1: That's on my list. It's so, an absolute
0: yes. classic. And I will say, I have seen Robert O'Keefe, but I have not had the pleasure, don't know if anyone out there has, of seeing Robert O'Keefe the last five or six years has started an entire Christmas tour in December based around this song, where they have a set and it's a variety show and they do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, I don't know, they, uh, this song is... Um, It is not suitable to explain to children, (laughs) but it is hysterical. And I think probably closer, you know, with certain redneck portions of that song aside, probably closer to the Christmas morning experience that most of us actually have than the one that we imagine or remember in our mind. Yeah, well, I actually, because I'm I put way too much time in this, I had like a whole category of like irreverent
1: or not super festive songs. Yes, and this one is irreverent. yeah, yeah.
0: This is uh, but there are Marvel lights song. in the song. There are a box of tampons in the song. There are people passed out beneath the Christmas tree. Can of and, pink snow. Yes, yeah. and it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's a good song. Like, it is. It, it, it's a good song. I had that one along with Fairytale of New York. With the that's Bogues.
0: that was my number one. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, no, that's. Oh,
1: well, I'll save for that. But that's another yep. like not particularly festive it's not like oh opening present but again it's just such a terrific song so
0: it is you can same. talk about
1: that one i, I will go for um, let me see let me choose another one uh, kind of going on the kind of like just good rock christmas songs mm-hmm. father christmas mm-hmm. or kinks mm-hmm. i just love that I, I like the kinks a lot and i just think that's kind of a fun upbeat song it's kind of bridges the gap or, or toes the line between what we were saying like not irreverent but just kind of like crude like christmas themed rock song and actually like a good christmas song so i'm a big fan of that i play that a lot every year i actually was listening tonight before we started this
0: yeah and uh so mine not on the irreverent list would be and i don't mean to steal any of yours here rob but on the the, 50 more right on the serious slash cheesy christmas song list there's an old willie song uh pretty paper Mm -hmm. that is based on a real guy who used to try to wrap presents outside of some department store in texas That's really great. Um, I I can't let this list go without mentioning two absolutely cheesy but absolute staples of the Christmas season. Right, the Mariah "All I Want for Christmas." Yeah, that's that's top the top. And well, but "Wham! Last Christmas" might top it, right?
1: Somebody did a like Christmas song World Cup on Twitter, and I think the final two, it might be going on now, Uh or those two. I think it's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." And that last Christmas by Wham. Yeah, and they George Michael,
0: hugely underrated, by the way. Oh yeah, hugely.
1: Yes. and those, those are just great songs. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, my top one was "Fairy Tale New York" by the Pogues. I, I don't. It is not in any way a happy Christmas song, it, but it is. It, it's incredibly sad. The whole story of the Pogues is incredibly sad. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know that song, go look it up. It's amazing. Our friend Jamie Mantram, I know that's his absolute number one. No doubt about it, Christmas song, and it will probably. If you're having a bad Christmas, it will make it worse, and it will make yeah. you cry, right? Um, so if I know a lot of people struggle during the holidays, don't go don't, listen, don't to listen to the that. Pogues, Fairy New York, but yeah. if if you're okay and you just want to hear a great song by kind of an insane band, go listen to Fairy New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. You got it.
1: well. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not going to choose this one. But we need to at least mention "Baby Please Come Home" the Darlene Love version. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I guess I'm on like a Phil Spector kick tonight, but uh, nothing um, wrong with that. I think wasn't she on Letterman every year? He had her on up until his last year. He had her on and sing that. As, yeah, like, I think that Christmas was her song.
0: thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That and that, it, way she, beyond her period of relevance. Oh,
1: going Letterman, off Letterman in there last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And she could still bring it. Yes. and that song just brings the house down. I mean, that, yes. that's just it, it's one of a kind. You know, um, so I was going to go with that. I also am a huge fan of the whole Beach Boys Christmas album. Oh, yeah. Little St. Nick was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But my all-time favorite uh, Christmas song is Santa Claus is Coming to Town which is by <laughs> Bruce Springsteen.
0: Yes. It's hard to beat.
1: I just, I love that. And his Merry Christmas Baby version also doesn't get enough love because mm-hmm. Santa Claus is Coming to Town is so, so great. Um mm-hmm. I know Bruce is in everybody's cup of tea. He's kind of like either love him or you just don't get it. <laughs> right. And and this is probably an example of each. You know, yeah, their yeah versions there. <laughs> there are there are out there that are like ten minutes where it's right. them just you know talking to the crowd and talking about Clarence and everything. But I love it. My kids love it. Um, it's on heavy rotation in our house this time of year, and uh, it's one of those songs where I I don't. Really? Listen, what year round? I kind of save Christmas music for Christmas. Christmas? But I, I have been known to, you know, maybe pop that on the old, <laughs> the old phone, in the middle of July. But yeah, if you're feeling a little crummy in the in the summertime. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah it's just fun. Like it's just it's pure bruce. Just the emotion of it <laughs> right. and um, the band behind them. So I don't know that one. Just uh, that's my clear cut number one. Oh,
0: I love it. So I think that takes us to the end tonight. You guys will save yourself an extra twenty minutes this evening. Yeah, don't throw it on. Rob, you want to take us out?
1: Um, Well, just to echo what Todd said in the beginning, just really appreciate all the support. Hope everybody gets their t shirts. Um, I will not be getting them despite my mom trying to to get me one. (laughs) But they do look great. I just don't want to be the guy wearing his own t shirt. Um, Uh, I'm uh, going
0: to be that guy in Frisco. Don't worry.
1: Yeah, well, Maybe not yeah. at
0: the game, but Thursday, Friday for sure. Well, yeah. that's good. I mean, all it's right. actually
1: it's nice for like an icebreaker in situations right. like that people come up to you. Um, once again, just thanks for all the support. Uh, it's probably pretty obvious but Todd and I have an absolute blast doing this. Um, We started it and just said we're going to do it and see if we can have fun and not really try to, you know, bend anybody's wishes or do anything. Um, we've gotten nothing but positive feedback uh, mm-hmm. save for one kind of obnoxious tweet from some dorky South Dakota State fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, But otherwise, you know, just uh, really appreciate it. Uh, If you have any suggestions, let us know. We're always open to ideas. And please keep reading the blog. Follow us on Twitter. And have a Merry Christmas, everyone. And we will chat with you uh, after the holiday. Yeah,
0: enjoy whatever holiday you're celebrating. Go Dukes!